Father, we thank you that you are who you are. We thank you that you are the Alpha, the Omega, you're the beginning, you're the end. You are the Creator, and we are the creation. You are our Father. You're our healer. You're our Savior. You're our Lord. You're our groom. You're our friend. And we've been invited not only to know you, but to know a great life. A life that's powerful. A life of love and joy and peace. A life that overcomes situations and circumstances. A life that overcomes death, disease. A life that lives above this earth, not on the earth. A life that serves your will here on earth, full stop. God, I pray we wouldn't overcomplicate you and your gospel. I thank you that the profoundness is found in the simplicity of knowing Jesus. I thank you that that's all there is to it, is to know you. And we'll know everything else. I thank you that men like Paul wrote, all I know is Christ, Christ crucified, even though he wrote 13 books. He knew the 13 books came out of Christ and the resurrection of the Christ. And God would say to you today, if you want to have the life that you were destined for, predestined for, predetermined for, know him. I could sit down now and call that, that's the sermon. We're an encouraging church here. <laughs> Grab a seat. But the reality is that is the truth. I could just say, here's my message, know him. <laughs> Wonder if us how many be disappointed with that. What do you mean, know him? Know him. Get to know him. The Bible says that everything is contained in him. So if I know him, then I know all the things contained in him. I'll know all the promises that I've been predetermined to know. Man, I am... I'm on fire. Anyone else on fire? Yeah. You know, I've discovered you can't put the fire out. Nothing can put the fire out. Nothing. Because the fire comes from him. And the more you eat him, the fire just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like throwing gasoline on a fire. How many people saw the the bus yesterday, on the way on the motorway, bus was completely burnt out. There was a fire on the bus, 
and it was a passenger bus, it was in the luggage compartment and it blew or burnt a hole in the bus, like either side of the bus and it held up the traffic for hours. But fire is powerful. Fire can be destructive. But in him, fire purifies and fire births life. And the more fire you've got, the more fire you want. Have you found that reality yet? Yeah. It's in him. I go to bed with it. I wake up with it. I go to bed with it. I wake up with it. And nothing, not even Liverpool losing, <laughs> determines it. <laughs> not even death. Not even the loss. See, this, this, we're not born for a natural life, guys. Okay? That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the birth of Christ he wasn't born naturally. Which means we're not to live a natural life. Because the one we follow was not born naturally. Sure, he came through a natural process, but he wasn't born naturally. He was born supernaturally. Come with me just to Proverbs. And I want to read this out first before we start, because this needs to be the framework for which I'm about to preach. And it's in here for a very specific reason. So in Proverbs 3 verse 5, and we'll all know this well. But we need to live it. We don't just write it on a plaque and stick it on the fridge or in the kitchen or in our bedroom. We need to live the Word. We need to become like the Word, yes? Meaning we need to become Christ-like because Christ is the Word. Not become like a book. These are the scriptures, okay? The word is Jesus. So we need to become like the word. The word must become living in us. So when you read trust in the Lord with all your heart, what does that mean for you? I'll tell you what it means for me. It means to completely and utterly live a wholehearted, abandoned life unto him. It means to no longer trust in what I think is right, but allow myself to be renewed in my mind to come to know what is the truth. It means to not trust in my judgment. It means not trust in my ability. It means not trust in any of my strength, full stop. And it means to trust in Him with all of my heart. My heart is the place of understanding. The spirit is the place of understanding, not the intellect. So I need to trust God. He's going to teach me. We looked at this last week. The Holy Spirit has been sent to teach us, to lead us into the fullness of truth. So he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Okay? Don't lean on your own understanding. Where did you get your knowledge of from him? Where did you get it from? Unless it's revelation, you have zero knowledge that is truly going to change your life. So he says, don't lean on your understanding, but trust with all your heart in me. In all your ways, acknowledge who? Yourself or him? Well, you've got to know his ways to acknowledge his ways. If you don't know his ways, you're going to acknowledge your ways, thinking that they could be his ways, but they might not be. 
So he says, acknowledge you, him in all his ways, and he will make your path straight. How straight is your path? Does it go like this? That's called life, isn't it? Up, down, up, down, or is it straight? And is the path before you so you can see it? Doesn't he say he lights the path before you so you can stay on the straight and narrow path? Man, my life for 29 years was all over the place. It wasn't very straight. It had a few roundabouts, a few curves, a few back to the same point. Anyone there? Anyone else? Here I am. What am I doing here again? Wasn't straight at all. It was very crooked. Why? Because it was about me. This is a profound day for me today. It is profound. Do you know why? Because it's my birthday. Hold on, hold on. It's not my natural birthday. How old am I? I'm 20 years old in the Lord. Don't let the exterior fool you. This guy is 20, lived out years. I'm on my 21st year. With him, in him. So I'm 20. God, that sounds good. <laughs> Not 49, 20. Which means some of you may be older than me. <laughs> Who actually are younger than me, you might be older than me. That's even better news. So I got born again today, 23rd of January. You know what time? 10 a.m. Sorry, 23rd of December. Just checking to see if you're listening. <laughs> 23rd of December at 10 a.m. when the service started. I got born again in my workplace in 1997. And I've been living this life, this born again life, for 20 years, and it's awesome. My old life sucks compared to it, it's rubbish. Compared to it. It hides nothing compared to it. And I had a good life. I've got a great mum who's here today. Had a great dad. Got great brothers. Had a great life. I've been loved. Brought up in love as non-Christians in love. But you know what? Compared to my born again life. No offence. I know she won't take offence. It sucked. Because it didn't have him in it. He was not in it. It was awesome, but it never had him. And like Paul said, it's rubbish compared to finding him. And he came because he was sent that I would know life and know it abundantly. So yes, I honor him. I glorify him. He is amazing. But today he wants to make it about you. He doesn't want it to be about him. He wants it to be about you and me. He wants to ask this question. Have you found the supernatural born-again life yet that you can't put down? You can't, you know, mm. you've got this fire burning in your belly and everyone needs to know about the person that you know because he's supernatural and you're living a supernatural life. You've overcome stuff that's been thrown at you, that's been spoken about you in opposition, and you just overcome it. So you've got a testimony to share. 
Anyone with me? This is why he came. This is why he was born. This is why he died and then rose again. That we would be firstborns, first fruits of the new covenant. It's incredible. Are you a first fruit? Are you a... I wish they'd added the watermelon. Joy, peace, watermelon. I'm in. I brought my fruit shirt with me. (laughs) First fruits of a brand new life. See, this is why you've got to trust in the Lord. And don't lean on your understanding. Because you know what? This beautiful lady that's in front of me called my mum is my sister in Christ. I am not her son. She is not my mother. He is both our father. My wife is my sister in Christ. She is my sister. My children are my sisters. You see, before I knew Jesus, I was an orphan. I had a mum and a dad, but I was an orphan. Why, Greg? Because I didn't know my father. I was lost. I was an orphan. I was a slave. But I had parents and brothers and sisters. I was an orphan. Don't lean on your own understanding now. Hear the word of the Lord. This will transform you, set you free from everybody and anybody you may be unintentionally and unhealthily connected to right now. If you're with parents, if you're with your children, tell, look beside them and say, you know what? Our Father is actually the Lord. We are brothers, sisters in Christ, firstly. We start with the Spirit, not the natural. But you know what's so sad? I don't think many in the church have discovered this yet. Especially at this time. This is why he says, don't lean now on your own understanding. Come on, don't think like you used to think. You've got to get a renewed mind. You've got to get my mind, otherwise you're never going to live the life I've called you for. Man, I came, I was born in a place that wasn't that nice. You know, we have these beautiful pictures of the stables, don't we? We paint this Hollywood version of his birth. Away in a manger... He was born in a crap hole. It stunk. It was dirty. It was horrible. It wasn't the temple. It wasn't the nursery rhyme. We've made it feeling good about ourselves. It was a horrible place to be born in. His death was brutal. He lived in the wilderness and he came in the wilderness into the temple. And he spoke to those in the temple. And what did they say? Get out of here, Jack. Because we don't know what you're saying. We have no mindset for what you're saying. But he was born for them. You see, guys, if we're leaning on our own understanding, trusting in ourselves, we're going to be in trouble. But there is good news today. And the good news is that there was a person. 
His name is Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He's not a process and he's not a principle. He's a person. And if you know the person, you have the life of the person operating in you. And it is fully possible to have his life operating in us for that is why he came and why he was born. He came in the lowest of the lowest of the lowest of places to confuse the world that would lean on its own understanding and have no idea this was God coming in the flesh. And the promise was promised before anything ever began. Powerful, isn't it? And I know him. I met him 20 years ago in my workplace, got baptized in the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit through picking up a phone. Incredible. And I've been trying to figure out how to follow him, how to handle what he gives you to speak and live out and be a demonstration of him on this earth and be a letter. I'm not perfect. I'm not getting it perfect. But I know I've got something in me called Jesus. And I want us all to have him in us. Let's go to Matthew. And we're going to have a look at something. And it's probably going to challenge us, but that's okay, isn't it? How many people know he loves you? How many he loves you, knows he loves you unconditionally? Good. Because you need to know that when he wants us to look at who he really is and his truth, don't we? It's very hard to look at what I call the hard scriptures if we don't know he loves us. I don't mean know about, I mean I know I'm loved. I know I was an orphan, now I'm a son. I've been reconciled. I know I'm yours. So as a father, teach me your ways. See, growing up, my dad was awesome, and he would teach us. But I had a healthy fear of my dad. We all did. It was called respect and honor for someone that was older than us, had been around the block more times, and knew some stuff we didn't know. But also, we knew our picking order. It's getting lost today. Kids think they're the same as the adults. I tell you, it's shocking. Anyway, we're not doing it, not going there. <laughs> so we knew the pecking order, but I knew my dad loved me. And I knew the time my dad came and rebuked me heavily, he loved me, when I gave my mum here a hard time. Some of you heard this story when I said something very unnice to my mum. I won't tell you what I said, it was horrible. My dad comes down, he sits on the bed, <clears throat> he says, Oh, <clears throat> excuse me, son, I heard you've uh, been rather horrible to your mum. I said, yep. I'm 15. I'm about this size. Maybe not as broad, but this height. My dad, I was taller than my dad at this stage. He looks at me. He says, son, look at me. I looked at him. <laughs> he looked me straight in the eye. And he said, I brought you into this world. <laughs> Ever do that again, I'll take you out of this world. <laughs> he got up and walked out. <laughs> I have remembered that my whole life. And that has done me well. I needed realigning. But here's the thing. I knew my dad loved me. So when he spoke that to me, I heard it through the lens of love. And because I heard it through the lens of love, that was not abuse. That was him gently saying to me, as your father, you need to get back under our alignment, son. Why? Because if you stay out of this alignment, it's going to be detrimental for you. Ultimately, this is about you, and it's going to be detrimental for you. But I knew my dad loved me and my mom, so it helped me. And I said, yes, dad, 
And I don't think I ever repeated that behaviour, did I? Not as bad as what that was. Just say, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so we're here in Matthew. Matthew 1. And I'm not going to read all of Matthew 1, but you see the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah from 1 through to 17. And you see the genealogy, and it goes through the record of the, the, record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then it goes through 14 generations. Then it kicks in again, it goes through another 14 generations. And it goes through and it goes through another 14 generations. And my math is right, that's 4,200 years. And we see this natural genealogy, this physical genealogy of Christ, okay? Then the conception and birth of Jesus in 18, we want to pick it up. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. That is not normal. That is not natural, is it, Mel? (laughs) And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's go back to verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, means before they had sexual intercourse, she was found to be with a child by the Holy Spirit. There is nothing natural about this birth. Nothing. And yet we see this natural lineage start to define something from 1 through to 17. You see, there's nothing natural. I'm firstly not a Simnor. I'm a son of the living God. And my life must be defined through that lens. And that was the process that got started 20 years ago. You see, Mary gets pregnant supernaturally within her. Is that correct? So it's a supernatural inception. So, when did you commit your life to Christ? 2002, 93, 2008, 64, 94, 72, 78. Beautiful. At that point, you got pregnant. Jesus came into Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, correct? Jesus left planet, sent who? Holy Spirit. Spirit. Is he God? 
So God comes into where? Man. Man gets pregnant with God. Holy Spirit comes to live in the church. So the church is now pregnant like Jesus was pre- like Mary was pregnant with God. Are we tracking? So God wants to come out of the church, correct? Because the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm pregnant, are you? What comes out of you? I'm, we are to be pregnant with him. Every word I speak is to be him when I'm speaking in the context of him. So I'm pregnant with the Holy Spirit. I'm pregnant with God within me. The word in me wants to grow in me, does it not? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Paul said that I want to form the Christ in you. I want to see you form with Christ. So Paul said, I'm in labor until the Christ is formed within you. See, the Christ is formed within you. The Christ was formed within Mary. And then Mary gave birth. And the word became living. So we're to have the word in us. When we give it life through vocal, it becomes living. It's living. It's out there. So the word in my mouth that's now coming out is a living word. Did you hear it? Did you just grab hold of it like you've been laid hold of? Or is it just like, no, this is what we do. We go through and someone preaches and says some things and we go home and life just pretty much stays the same. See, that would be called a waste of time in his eyes because that's like preparing a meal and not eating it. And it just sits there and it gets thrown in the bin. That would be a waste of resource that bought the food, a waste of the person's time who made the food, and a waste because you've just not received the food that was created for you. Are we hearing the depth of that? This should be stirring the pot right now because we're all to be pregnant with him because this is a supernatural life. This is the more than, the resurrected life. This has better promises, a better covenant, is it not? So there's all these promises. Let's keep reading. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit." So once again, he's going, oh my goodness, they're going to think I've stepped across the line. How did this happen? I know I didn't sleep with, my, with Mary. I'm betrothed to her, but I haven't yet slept with her. My goodness, how is this going to look like in the eyes of the world and in the eyes of the law? So he's got a reality of something, hasn't he? He's got a reference point for the way it should happen and now the new. Have you got a reference point for your new life? Your born again life. See, I really got born when I was 29. Not when I was zero. I came through the natural. 
like we all did, correct? But I didn't start life till I was 29. I was living something, but it wasn't the life that I was predestined for. It wasn't the life that had been marked before the foundations of the earth. It was my life with my desires, mixed them with my parents' desires for me. But that was not the life that I found when I was 29. I found a brand new life with a brand new purpose and a brand new meaning and a brand new reality that I had zero reference really before until that moment, till I got born again. Even the words born again means it's happened a second time, hasn't it? So I got born in 1969, but in 1997, I really got born. I got born to a life where it says food is more than, so the, um, life is more than clothing and life is more than food. I got born into a realm where you see things that you never saw before. You hear things that you never heard before. You've got a substance in you that wasn't there when you woke up in the morning. See, it's called a brand new life. And so Joseph, he's got this reference. He's going, oh my goodness, what is going on here? This has never happened before in all of Israel, in all of the world, that a woman gets pregnant without, through the natural process of needing a male physically. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But then God comes, as God always comes, and he starts to encourage. And he starts to speak words of life. He says, okay, it's okay. This is of me. This is me. But if you lean on your own understanding, if he leans on his own understanding, if he can't hear the word right now, he's in trouble, man. See, God is always there speaking. He's always speaking. He's always speaking. He has spoken and he's speaking. It is written. It is written. It is written. I have spoken. I have spoken. I have spoken. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Are we taking advantage of the birth of the Son? Or are we just going through another religious ceremony every year that we do and say, this is the reason for the season? But life never changes in 2019 or 20 or 21. Life pretty much stays the same. And yet there's this other life, this born-again life through the power of the Holy Spirit that he opens up a realm. And the Bible says you enter into it because you see it and you're washed in water. And now you're living in it. And now you realize you're an ambassador of another planet living on a foreign land. And you've got something in you and an operating system in you that's Christ in you. Now you're seeing, hearing, being able to live differently. Why? Because Jesus, God, sent his son to be born into a woman that was prophesied before the foundations of the earth. Do you know how many prophecies there were? Over 375 prophecies. Do you know the odds of one working out? It's one to the unlimited zeros. 375 prophecies the Messiah met. But not that we could just go, great, that's amazing, that, that would, he would come into us. That we would know the prophetic word of the Lord. People say, Greg, I want a prophecy. I said, God has given you prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. 
It's called his word. It's right here. And it tells you who he is and who you are and the prophecy for the church now and the future. And they still look at you and they go, no, I want a prophecy. What do you mean? I just gave you a whole book. No, I want a prophecy. No, you want an individual word. And it's good and it's okay, but it's the micro team. It's not the macro. You see, he came for a bride. He came to establish his church on the earth. And it's us. And yet Joseph is a little bit bamboozled. So God speaks, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And that's pretty much where a lot of us think have stopped. Save from my sin. It's awesome, isn't it? But that is the start. Why have we stopped there? Why have we gone, I'm in and that's about it? When that's not what the prophecy, the prophetic word says. It's not only what Jesus said. Jesus said, repent because my kingdom's at hand and I've got it with me. That's a whole bigger message than get saved from your sin. You can't enter into this life unless you're saved from your sin. But don't make that the message. That is the starting point of this entire message called my kingdom, which I came to establish upon the earth which you are the subjects that I want to build it in first, then through. And this is this born-again, brand-new life that I discovered 20 years ago. What are you talking about? Greg, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try and fit this into your puny little mind and understand it in your mind. I've baptized you in my spirit so you can receive it in your spirit because it's a spiritual word that you're hearing and it's spirit to spirit. It's not spirit to mind. It's spirit to spirit. You'll never conceive this in your mind. Hence, I talk about that in my entire scriptures. How wide, how high, how deep is the love of God that goes behind what? All comprehension. You'll never grasp this in your mind. You receive it in your spirit. Your mind gets renewed, and now you're able to speak of a reality you're walking out. Not because you grasped it for you, because through his power of the born-again life, you're now living. So then he says this. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Genesis 1.3, what does it say? It's right at the beginning. God spoke and there was light. So God has been speaking forever. And when he speaks... His world gets created. Do you know when you speak, your world gets created? So what word or world are you creating through your words? His or yours? Are we trying to fit him into our world and we call it incorporating Jesus? We call it confessing him but never being in him? Or Is he the source of your world and is he defining your world so you're seeing the world you were truly created to live in and from? Mm 
which never puts physical relationship above him. I do not put my physical marriage and my children above my relationship with him. That is called idolatry. Now, if we have asked and seek repentance and asked the Holy Spirit to come through power and change your heart, so what's in your heart is now him and no longer those people. So you get free from one another so we can get on board with living this life we've been called to live. Because I don't know about you guys, but little people, wives and husbands, they demand much. Especially if they're not really living for the Lord as Christians. They demand a lot and they want a lot. And Paul even says, hey, look, you're going to get married. Give you a warning. Let me give you a warning. Can you hear the warning? You can get entangled in this stuff. And I say this so you have undistracted devotion to the one who came to bring you the born-again life so you can experience the fullness of this born-again life and not live a smaller life of a physical reality here. You can bring these people with you. In fact, they're all supposed to be a model. So Christian marriage is supposed to be a model for the world that they would see this incredible marriage with incredible family of this earth, aren't we? Not connected, not loving one another with all our hearts, but loving God. And from that place, being able to love with the love of the Father, which is a free love, not a conditional love that has hooks. Human, human love is full of hooks. His love is pure. So he comes, and then it's spoken. So it's spoken of the coming of this Christ to bring us into this life. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. You know, he gives his church prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors, evangelists to bring forth the word. Do you know that? And they come and they bring around with them. For the church, just like here, he speaks through a prophet. There's one coming. Why were the Israelites awake when they had a prophet bring the word? Sorry, why were they asleep? Awesome. They're blinded for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of them being blinded for your benefit? Because the Bible says he's going to graft some back in, doesn't he? That we're going to be one. So are we taking advantage? That's what we looked at last week, didn't we? The Holy Spirit. Are you taking advantage of why God sent the Holy Spirit? He wants to bring us, church, into this life that is indestructible, imperishable. The seed fell and died, and it's of an imperishable seed that it would release seeds into this earth that the church would live like the Christ. Do not lean on your own understanding now. So prophets speak of the coming one. 375 prophecies. And the chances of it all being fulfilled were incredible. And yet they still missed them. 
You see, it's not like predicting the weather. This is what me and Paul were talking about the other week at lunch. People predict the weather and they get it wrong. Prophecy is not prediction. It's predetermined. It's God at the beginning going, this is going to happen. So hear it, get ready for it. So when it turns up and happens, you're fully aware you're ready because you're receiving the mana from above that has been predetermined to hit its mark. God does not make mistakes. He hits the mark every time. He hits the bullseye, bang, 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 every time. He hits the 50, not the 25, not the double, not the triple. He hits the bullseye. And this is why the Son was given to us, that we would receive the life that it's everything that's within him that has been spoken of before the foundations of this earth. I find it incredible that his life was demanded the day he was born. Have you thought about that? Why was Herod trying to kill him? Let me put it this way. Why was the demonic trying to kill him? Because the demonic doesn't want little Jesus's, the church, running around coming into the life that Jesus was bringing with him. He doesn't want Christ-like people on the earth taking back what he has stolen, does he? So if the demonic was passionate about destroying the Christ, and the Christ has come to bring us abundant life, life of power, a born-again life, how passionate are we? I'm, am I stirring you? I'm not trying to offend you. Okay, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to stir us because I know, because I can hear and see things. So I'm trying to stir us up. You're not passionate for what you don't know exists. Okay, I know that too. I know I'm not passionate for things I don't exist until there's a breaking. There's a breaking in my spirit, a realigning, and all of a sudden now you're hungry for things that you don't even know exist. So when you hear of them, you're stirred. You ask questions like, why isn't that bush burning up? And you go over there rather than just ignore it. And life continues. So we need to be stirred up in love. Please hear me. This is from love as a father. I want to stir us up. So we all as children of God, not relatives of one another, not simnors, not simnors, but as children of God, because the Bible says he's our, all of our father and we're all his children and we have not chosen to be in his family. He has chosen us to be father and for us to be brothers and sisters, which means we need to figure out the father's business, do we not? We need to figure out what our father is saying and how he does everything so we can find the life that we were called and born for before we ever breathe life. Yes? yes. So then we need to get interested in the stuff if we're not, Correct. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Man, have you seen me yesterday watching football? I'm just as passionate. Okay? 
You'll see me running around a room following football. You'll see me running around a room looking for Jesus. I'm trying to stir us. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to stir you. It's been written. Okay? There was a day. It was marked that he would come and that he was sent and that he would be born to not only rescue us from sin, but he would trample on sin and the power of sin to free you and I from sin and the power of sin that we can live. And this is a full life, okay? And it loves him first. And everyone else and everything else is a distant second. But because you found him, this is beautiful. It actually reconnects you to people. And you're able to love people like you couldn't before. And you're able to be patient. You know that thing we always pray for? Which you never get, do you? Because it's love. See, love is patient. You don't pray for patience. You pray for love. If you're in love, you're patient. He is it all. In this life, this born again life, you're living from, not towards. Okay, this is another thing. You don't live towards it, you live from it. It's in you, being formed in you, because you're hearing the word that is spoken and you receive it through power of the Holy Spirit and it goes into you like manna, like food, and it changes you. And now you have the ability to see things you couldn't see before because now he opens your eyes to see. So faith, sight comes through hearing the word of God. You hear the word of God, you actually see what's in God, which means now you can live. It's a real simple pattern. But don't lean on your own understanding and try and figure it all out. Surrender and acknowledge you can't. Get on your knees this Christmas period and pray. Don't be worried about whether you're getting presents or if you're getting phone calls. Get on your face and start asking for this born-again life that you've been predestined for and don't leave till he comes. Have Christmas with him. Doesn't what it says? I knock on the door of your heart. I want to come in. Spend your time with him first. He's waiting. Father, I thank you for your life. I thank you for the ability in you to live. I thank you this is a full life. And God, I thank you that you put us together as a people as brothers and sisters, you've, you've placed everyone here that's here for a particular work. It's your work to build us as a family, as a body. And we all have a part because you've given us different parts. We're different parts. and We need to be active and play our part in love, God. And, and we love one another as we play our part and Get some things right, get some things wrong, but that's okay because your love covers. Your love covers, and you're the always encouraging God who continues to put it right. And so, Holy Spirit, I thank you. 
I thank you for this message. I thank you that you birthed this on my heart. I pray, Lord, that we would go after it with two hands. And help us to see people, Lord, that are next to us, that are around us, that maybe aren't as passionate as we are, and may we pray for them. May we invite them to walk with us. And I pray, God, right now, if we, we lack a desire, I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would pray and ask you for one. Give us a desire for the things we don't have a desire for. Break us if you need to break us to bring us into life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're our comforter and you comfort us while you at times break us and dismantle us and renew our mind. You're there and you come and you hold us while this work happens. So may we be found this Christmas time with you, in you, eating you and drinking of you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.